Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And in three, two, and one. This week, this, 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 this week, this week, this, 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 this week. This week in Geek. This week in Geek, we talk Batman, Overwatch 2, and Pokemon. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another week of This Week in Geek from us, the people talking about geeky things. And this is uh, this is the week before Thanksgiving. I'm not sure. Are we going to record yeah. next week, Kevin? Because it's I, I don't I don't know what time times are. Uh, we can oh, if you want, but yeah. like oh, yeah, I, we'll I don't, figure we it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Thanksgiving's on a Thursday. We record on Wednesdays, I think. Yeah, yeah, so I mean we we'll figure it out between the two of us. We've got we've got heads and schedules and brains and and things and and the like. Um Speak for yourself, buddy. <laughs> I don't I don't use brain. What's that? Uh if, if this was Oz, you'd be a scarecrow. God, I actually the really what now? I I really don't <laughs> like Wizard of Oz, honestly. It's kind of a weird it was a weird I I know that it has like, you know, American history like things in it and i was like yeah, yeah no that made it not fun and so I mean, it, was, it was iconic like like I, I the book yeah i mean i had to read the book once for a class and it was like yeah it was all right it's not my favorite thing to read i wouldn't read it to a child um and like i understand the movie was iconic because the color transition and everything that went along with it um but like it's, it's not for me I, i'm not a big fan of it um but going to talk about things that are, are actually current uh, how have you been kevin what's what's your life been like uh it, it's been going uh let me let me recall what happened um yeah uh i i went i went outside did you That's touch it. some grass no nah, I, I don't know i i may have dodged some grass mm. uh but uh I went out to uh, a couple arcades, uh, played played some mini hoops, uh, and mainly I, I I did another tournament. I did a tournament on my channel um, where I was brought on by Sneaky Seal, who's like one of the bigger like personalities for um, like the Pokemon Unite community, and he invited me to cover like the the B side of the group stages, and I was like, okay, I could do that, and. Uh, yeah, it was essentially me casting for like three hours straight alone. Uh, but wow. the games were fun. The games were fun for sure. Um, and yeah, uh, looking forward to finally piecing all that together uh, once I finally get it. How was it like just casting for yourself for that period of time? That seems like a very long time. It is very awkward. So like as a as a caster like usually you have somebody to bounce off your, your ideas off of somebody right um and that also fills in like dead time which is something that's kind of kind of important um but there are moments where like i'm trying to figure out like what i'm trying to like uh 
like talk about and i'm like i know i need to inhale at some point so i'll, I'll <laughs> be like i'll try to like yeah i'll like end a sentence i'll be like <gasps> and then <laughs> like, we'll just <laughs> i'll just continue to do it you know uh and Plunge back it's just a matter of like depths. yeah it's just a matter of knowing like your timing for it you know mm-hmm. um sometimes it is crazy uh other times you're just like I, how am i supposed to talk about this this fight that's going down uh in the middle of it so it's kind of kind of ridiculous uh how about you matt how was your week how's everything going it's been a uh, a difficult week for a couple of reasons one is the going to be the first um story we talk about so we'll save that but um another reason i i am i am now back on the singles market unfortunately so if you're waiting to snatch somebody up i am available unfortunately so that's been rough it was a little unexpected um i mean i should say a lot unexpected but we're still on good terms like we're we're supposed to still hang out on friday i don't know if that's like she said she still wants to be friends and still wants to hang out so okay that's cool um whether or not she's saying that just because she needs to get me my stuff back is um (laughs) remains to be seen i hope it's not just that um although i am a glutton for punishment so we'll see how emotionally stable i am after that um aside from that like work has been pretty easy um none of the shows i'm working on are currently in season so it's not a lot of work to do um i am going to a speed dating thing tomorrow so we'll see how that goes i haven't done one of those since college which yeah we'll we'll see what we'll see what speed dating in santa clarita looks like i honestly i toyed around as, about doing this as an idea um back when the proclaimer was still a thing and we were considering doing events um it was one of the things that i toyed about putting on and organizing but the proclaimer folded before i got the chance to so Oh, well, c'est la vie. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else have I done? I don't know if I've done anything else. Yeah, that's been my week. Just sadness and work. Oh, no, I started playing uh, another game. Um, I play. I started playing Hotline Miami um, because hmm. even though like, even though we're not dating anymore, Becca and I are still talking as friends. So um, she recommended it. And I'm like, okay, it's $15 at GameStop. So I'm going to go pick that up and play it before Pokemon comes out in like tomorrow. <laughs> and it's pretty cool. It's a lot of fun. It's very, it can be frustrating at times. Um, but it's very fast paced and I like it. And I like the music. The music really helps, um, get into the flow of it and kind of get, feel like you're in the groove and it's like, it's, it's, I like how the game has like instantaneous reloads. So even if you die, it's like you're back in it. You don't have to wait too long. You just literally you press a button, you're back in. Um, and so you like every death, you kind of learn the patterns and like the rhythms of everything. So um, I am enjoying it. It's fun. I like it. And then still playing Silent Hill. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to make a viewer incentive for for my stream. Uh, I have a box. I have a I have a box I haven't opened. I know what's in it, but uh-huh. I I have a box. Um, but I also want to get money so I don't have to buy a certain fun game for stream. So, essentially, like I, w- I want to play Trombone Champ. Have, I I think I sent you some you did some video footage of Trombone <laughs> Champ. 
Uh, and they opened up a workshop mode for it so people could just like submit songs and like maps for it so i'm like hmm make it the same price as the game if if goal is reached i open box so i open box and i play trombone champ it's a win-win so (laughs) yeah that that that's on the agenda so we'll see if we ever get around to trombone champ and uh i'll let you know what kind of banger songs i happen to find on there how do you how do you play trombone champ does it is because like with guitar hero they gave you a guitar i can't imagine them like giving no, you no, no. a trombone <laughs> it, it's like a mouse up and down thing and then you i think you hit space bar to to like blow into it so oh, okay you just have to like kind of line up your mouse with where it's supposed to be hmm okay sounds Sounds interesting. I mean, the game looks hilarious and fun, though. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be one of those wonky mechanic games, but I'm I'm very ready. Anyway, so let's get into the news of the week. And as I said, this first story is a bit of a downer. Um, I woke up like th- this started my weekend of sadness and sorrow and and misery and emotional despair, um, but. As a lot of you know, I used to um, I, I used to be Batman on the internet. I used to do um, DC's social media as Batman. Hold on one second. Is that is that a spider? I don't know if that's a spider or a mosquito. One second, I'm gonna kill this thing. I did not get it. <laughs> I'm concerned now. I should have. <laughs> I don't know where it is. I don't know where it went. All right. Anyway, um, that's a, that's a problem for future me. I'm I'm scared. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so I, I as many of you know, I used to be Batman on the internet. I used to um, I used to be in charge of the social media for DC Comics, and of course, one of those was Batman. So when I say Batman on the internet, I was in charge of posting and writing copy and writing in the voice of of batman and and posting assets and like thinking up memes and and all these things so i was essentially operating in the voice of batman hence being batman on the internet on the social media pages um and of course that meant that i was a huge dc fan i only got the job because people knew that i was a very big fan of dc um and that went back to me and like all started because I, I watched the animated series, Batman, the animated series as a kid, it was on Cartoon Network all the time. Um, and I woke up on Friday to a text from uh, my friend Ryan, who is one of the founding co-hosts of Mars on Life, um, to the text that Kevin Conroy had died. And Kevin Conroy, for those of you who don't know, was the voice actor for Batman in pretty much almost all the animated stuff that has come out since the 90s there's like there's a couple of projects that he wasn't the voice of batman for it but for the majority of everything kevin conroy has been the voice actor for batman if you've watched played the arkham games if you've seen any of the animated movies if you've seen batman beyond if you've seen of course batman the animated series he was batman for those he he did the voice for all those things um he got to play Batman in live action. I think once it was, it was one of those crossovers, I think for, um, 
the on the CW for all their live action DC stuff. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it's hard to process that because if in some ways, if he had never had that job, I might never have ended up in my job currently. It's like he, it was a very formative thing for me to watch as a kid and like he passed away of cancer and I don't think a lot of people knew that he had cancer like it it, for a lot of people it seemed very sudden and very unexpected and a lot of people were putting out tributes like oh my god he we didn't know he was sick and it's so sad and yeah it's it was very hard to process for me considering like this man like and his voice pretty much built up my childhood and very much formed me into the geek that I am today. Did you ever watch uh, any of the cartoons he was in, Kevin? Uh, I watched some here and there. Um, and I I know that like a lot of my friends who grew up with DC Comics really felt felt it that day. Um, I I know that a couple of my friends who were like really into it, they ended up streaming uh like a bunch of batman games back to back to back just like to in in kind of like a commemorative way uh mm-hmm. to kevin conroy so like uh i think one of my friends did like a speed run of like the three original like batman games and i was like okay yeah that's kind of crazy how do you speed run those i, I don't know he he figured it out <laughs> it's just like i'm going to do arkham asylum uh, Arkham City and uh, Origins in like a day, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> you do you, buddy. That's a lot. Those are yeah, long it, games. Yeah, I mean, if you're just doing like the main story, I guess if you're not doing any like the side missions and any of the Riddler stuff, I guess you can do it. And then like you're not 100 percenting it, but you're finishing the story. Mm-hmm. I guess. I, I guess you could. Uh, another thing that was like very notable before he passed is that um, I think it was it was this year's Pride book where he wrote a story about, and I haven't read it yet. It's sitting in my box of unread comics, but he wrote a story about like his experience playing Batman as a gay man, which a lot of people like didn't know he was gay. Like I didn't realize it until working in dc it's like oh he's writing a story for pride oh it's about him oh okay um but yeah he he survived by his husband um his name is vaughn c williams but for a lot of people that reading that comic was very eye-opening because it, it just it it expressed his struggles um coming to terms with his identity and how he was able to kind of find peace and solace with that by voicing Batman. Cause he's like living in two worlds. Batman lives in two worlds. Bruce Wayne lives in two worlds. And it was kind of very much cathartic for him. Um, but yeah, it's so, someone put it in a way that or I can't remember who said this to me, but it's like, it's interesting knowing that like before Friday, there was still that kind of infinite potential of, of things for him to voice Batman for. And after Friday, it's like, that's it. It's finite. Everything that he was going to voice for Batman is done. We have this limited catalog and that's it. Which is like, it feels kind of obvious. 
um because it happens with everybody like with every artist like once they kick the bucket that's it they're they're not making any things anymore um but i don't know it's like i don't normally get very worked up or emotional or like impacted by a lot of celebrity deaths um i think anthony bourdain um what's his name robin williams and then now Kevin Conroy are probably the three biggest ones that I felt have affected me just because like so central to growing up as a, uh, a nineties kid. But I mean, not, not necessarily Bourdain, but just as a journalist, he was, he was big on me, but yeah, very sad. Now moving on to some other, <laughs> just kind of, I just I keep finding like I don't know if it's just because the algorithm keeps feeding me these things or if it's just whatever it is but um sad things and and not so great things um this one's just kind of stupid uh Texas has banned a lot of very popular books from their one of their the Texas Frisco Independent School District has released a list of the books that they are investigating or banning um some of them include the a lot of books by Neil Gaiman. Um, some of them are the uh, Song of Ice and Fire books, so like Game of Thrones. Um, some of them include manga, like JoJo's Bizarre Adventures and Spy Family, uh, are limited to only like ninth graders and above. Um, but I was I was flipping through this list a little bit, <laughs> and it's just it's so stupid. Like looking at there's one column if you go to the Frisco school district website and they have uh the title level after review evaluation process and reason for removal um and it's kind of ridiculous because there's like contains obscene content um and it's like what does that mean what what do you what do you define as obscene and honestly by like limiting books you really just kind of push people to read them more like, a lot of these books I bet, like, people would never have read or just kind of wouldn't have had as much attention on them and would have just been read as a, maybe a a less prominent level until you start to ban them. And now people get curious. And then now is when people want to go out and buy the books themselves or read them. Like, for example, Mouse. Mouse got mm-hmm. banned... I think last year and everyone went out to go buy it. Like I tried to go get a copy of it and I couldn't find it anywhere because it was all sold out because everyone's like, we need to support this book. You're not going to be able to get it at that school district. So everyone just buy a book and just to show solidarity for this author. And like, honestly, banning a book is probably the best way to get the author's name back in recognition and to bring in revenue for that author. If they're still alive um, or their estate, if they're dead, uh, I can't remember what show it was, um, but there was, I guess, an, a show back in the 80s or 90s um, starting Katie Seagal. And I remember she said that um, because some like governing board tried to ban them, that's why everybody watched the show. And that's what got them the ratings boost to keep the show going. So because people tried to limit it, it succeeded. Um but yeah, it's it's always just it seems so ridiculous to me to to ban books. Like I I understand you're not gonna put uh, Game of Thrones in a junior high or put it in a, an elementary school, but like 
at the high school level, kids are relatively mature enough to be able to decide what they read and read what they read if they want to read it. Um, so it just, it, it feels so mind numbingly stupid whenever school districts do this and they like cherry pick what they think is available. Like there's so much like violence and obscenity and like rape and and all these awful things like in the Bible, but you'd never see them like remove the Bible or, or any book that like claims to be religious in the Christian, the Judeo Christian sense. Like if it's if it's like a rom-com that's kind of, christian oriented like it's never gonna get banned but like game of thrones up goodbye yeah i I was just scrolling through it a little bit i just wanted to see what manga they hit because uh weeb here um (laughs) it's interesting that they hit jojo's they okay so first of all they hit jojo's part one through three uh they hit master keaton which i mean sure uh, that that one's a little bit of a darker story, but then they hit Soul Leader. What's that thing's hella old. Leader? And then they hit like Spy Family. And here, here's okay, here's I, the thing. I think I can see Soul Eater because, like, again, the, it's Texas, so like Christian oh, yeah. eating souls, what witchcraft and and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, I, I can like understand that, why they would ban it. Not that it's ban worthy. I'm I'm surprised that they have Master Keaton even on the shelf because like that's a super like serious series. Um, it's done by I believe it's done by the same guy who did like Monster and uh, what is it Pluto? So uh, Osamu is it Osamu? Oh my god, I'm losing my mind. Um, I have it. I have it over here. Hold on. It's Urasawa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Urasawa did like a really like. It's a really mature like series that makes sense but like i'm confused why they have it in the in the library in the first place uh compared to other ones but the one that like really has me like question marks over this whole thing is is spy family it <laughs> I mean, i'm okay, we're reviewed for grades nine up so it's like they're keeping them high school level but it, like the, are the they story even that bad? is not the story's not even that bad it's it's about it's about a okay. In short, it, I'm trying not to spoil any spy family stuff um, for those of you guys who want to watch the series or just want to binge the series when it's done. Um, but it follows around a spy named Lloyd Forger, um, Agent Twilight, um, and he has to create a fake family in order for him to infiltrate and uh, understand this leader who might want to start the next war. So. Mm-hmm he he gets like it, it's him and he he adopts this daughter um and so the the main guy is a spy he adopts a daughter the dollar the daughter is uh telepathic so she can like read people's minds and then it just so happens that the the wife character who lloyd picks up is an assassin so now you have this like you have you have a daughter who knows everything, and then you just have like an assassin and a spy. So <laughs> it it's just kind of a collection of like weird characters coming together. Um, I understand if they're like, oh, the blood is the assassin lady, but like it, it's really not that 
crazy. Um, if anything, it's more like it. I wouldn't say it's it's wholesome. There there's a lot of like family chill stuff in there, but like the fact that they, I I don't think it's it should be banned for like anybody anybody above high school. I think middle schoolers should be able to read it. And uh, honestly, if if any if anybody from this Frisco school district happens to make it out to California, runs into me at some point, I will let you read it off my shelf if if you want. <laughs> like I have it, I have it over here. If you guys just want to take take a read, like if you want to read all the JoJo's, have a seat. You know, I got twenty seven books of JoJo's in, going into part four. Uh, that that's an option. I have Spy Family. Up to the latest book. I don't have Soul Eater, but I'm waiting for the perfect collections. Don't worry. And then uh, Master Keaton, don't don't even really worry about it. I got I got a better series for you by the same guy. So yeah, it, it it's all good. It's re- it's really interesting how like mm-hmm. a lot of these books are just banned. And I do agree with what you say. Uh, in terms of restricting something makes it more coveted. Um. Like is it's the same reason with alcohol, right? Like if you want to, if you want to bring up that rule too, it's like you have to be twenty one to buy alcohol. So like, whenever you're younger, everybody's like, oh, I want to buy alcohol. Like, I want to. Then you It's kind of like you can go to a bar anytime. You just go to a store anytime. It's, I mean, you have yeah. alcoholics, but it's like it's not as interesting. Yeah, it, it it's the it's the forbidden treasure that makes it fun. Uh, the 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 know the knowing that you are breaking the rules while you're doing it. Um. Yeah, but yeah, it's really it's really interesting how they just like a lot of these books are just yeah no. It's like in Europe, like they sell weed over the counter apparently, which is what I've heard. I don't, I've never been to Europe, but I've heard they sell weed over the counter and like no one buys it because it's just boring. Well, not no one, but it's like it's not like out here where you have this war on drugs, which was started because of racist reasons by Richard Nixon. But that's a story for a different type of podcast. But um. Yeah, I'm just looking at this list and like you got the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit all restricted for people in sixth grade plus. But like the Hobbit is a literal children's story. It was literally written for children. And like the Lord of the Rings, I read that in third grade. There's nothing wrong with it. And it's just it's so ironic how. Like, with the banning of stuff, like, specifically with The Lord of the Rings, it was written, a lot of it, with a lot of, specifically Catholic and, no, not Catholic and Christian, but just Catholic imagery and, like, symbolism and stuff. Like, Tolkien's writing was highly influenced by his Catholic faith. And then you've got people who banned it, who banned it because it was satanic. So, clearly... The people who ban things have no idea what the hell they're doing. It's, it's always ridiculous. Um, I am absolutely, as you can tell, not in favor of, of banning pretty much anything. Because that's a restriction on freedom of speech. And, like, I get not putting books like that. Or not like that, but, like, not putting books like Game of Thrones in the hands of elementary school kids. Like, it's not going to be in their library. But don't like ban it from the school district. Like, what are you? What are you doing? Speaking of, of banning things, let's um, let's revisit our old pal, 
Elon. <laughs> oh, fucking Elon. Um, so the changes at Twitter are just going way too fast for, I think, most people to just keep on top of. He's taken out the blue checks. He's put back the blue checks. He's taken out two blue checks. He's taken out the uh, official gray check. He put back in the official gray check. Um, and at, at this point now, he's just like, he's firing people on or employees who are making fun of him on Twitter and on the internal Slack that they have for the company. Um, so also recently, uh, Elon has, uh, he, he sent an ultimatum to his staff that they have to be part of the new hardcore vision he has for Twitter or leave the company. So in a, a message to his employees, um, the muskrat said, <clears throat> a fork in the road going forward to build a breakthrough Twitter 2.0 and succeed in an increasingly competitive world. We need to be extremely hardcore. This will mean working long hours at high intensity. Only exceptional performance will constitute a passing grade. Twitter will also be much more engineering driven. Design and product management will still be the be very important and report to me, but those writing great code will constitute the majority of our team and have the greatest sway. At its heart, Twitter is a software and service company, so I think this makes sense. If you are sure that you want to be part of the new Twitter, please click yes on the link below. Anyone who has not done so by 5 p.m. on Thursday, which I guess was, when was this? So I guess tomorrow, um, will receive three months of severance. Whatever, or Thursday is the day that I will be releasing this. Uh, whatever decision you make, thank you for your efforts and to make Twitter successful, Elon. Um, before we continue, what do you think of that message, Kevin? I'm taking three months severance, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, honestly, it, it just it feels weird how like you're, you're saying you either you either commit to Twitter or you leave, and it if anything, it's just starting to make it feel really really weird for for people who want to help Twitter, want to be a part of Twitter, but might not want to be a part of the regime that uh, Elon is trying to trying to put on here, you know. Um, yeah and i think honestly the if anything i feel like this could spark something new too like imagine if all of the all of the people who who worked on twitter just all of a sudden get organized again and just say like you know let, let, let's just make a new one and they they just go on and create like a brand new website that happens to do the same things that twitter can and then poor poor elon gets stuck with his uh with his blue bird and whatever color check he wants now and and we all just move on i think jack dorsey who was the original founder of twitter i think he's toying around with making another competitor app i'm not 100 percent sure on that but it could be in the works and I, there's also other apps that people are Starting to look into, like I mentioned Nastodon before, I have no idea what it is. But I may have to learn it in the future, which I'm not looking forward to. But, I mean, even though that, that severance thing does not take effect until 
today, tomorrow, depending on when you're like, for us, it's tomorrow for people listening to it. It's today or, or the day before or whatever in the past, in the past. Yeah. Um, but he's not waiting for that to start firing people or letting people go. Um, there was a guy who disagreed with what Elon was saying on Twitter. He was an engineer. He's like, no, this is not how the app works. Like I've been an engineer here. Um, he disagreed with, publicly with Elon on Twitter. And then what do you know? A couple minutes later, Elon fires him. Um, he's been like very, uh, very much an asshole about firing people. He's like, and in a tweet, I would like to apologize for firing these geniuses. Their immense talent will no doubt be of great use elsewhere, which is like, come on. And so it, it looks like a bunch of people are, are posting to Twitter that they got fired for making fun of Elon in like the internal Slack stuff. Like someone um, at Sashi Lol just got fired for shit posting. I said it before and I'll say it again. Kiss my ass, Elon. Um, so Elon is now firing people for not showing 100% loyalty in Slack. It's um, it's kind of ridiculous. Like Elon is, I don't know what he's intending to do because at this point, I think a majority of people don't, well, it depends on what his goal is. Because I think his goal is to just take over Twitter and make it a conservative echo chamber. Um, like Facebook was, or it kind of still a lot of the time it still is. Um, but considering Elon is like uber Republican and now is pretty much in control of everything and like was voice like telling people on Twitter to vote Republican in these midterms that just happened. Um, I think what he's doing is just pretty much driving everybody away who is not like hanging on to his every word as gospel and maybe trying to rebuild up from there. But at that point, like Twitter might not also not be around because in another message, Elon said that, like, apparently he doesn't know if Twitter might go bankrupt or not Depend in, in a couple weeks. We don't even know if Twitter is going to be around, um, which is really unfortunate because I, I really like Twitter. For a lot of people, Twitter is their connection to the world. Like, I remember back in the early 2010s, I watched a documentary called um, I Weiwei Never Sorry by a, a really good documentary filmmaker, um, Allison Clayman. She's made a lot of really interesting stuff. Um, I, I've met her a couple of times. She's great. Um, but in in the documentary, like you look at Ai Weiwei, who's an artist in China, and like Twitter was his his voice out into the world. It was how part of how he kind of expressed dissent against the Chinese regime because for whatever reason, um, Twitter is one of the platforms that was at least at the time, still allowed in China. I'm not sure if it's still allowed there, but to go from kind of a, a very legitimate platform where people would share news, share updates, kind of spread the word on certain things to just Elon's vanity project. And, and how fast the app has fallen, it, it makes your head spin. So, in and, and, and short, fuck you, Elon Musk. <laughs> Moving on. Um, I, okay, explain this to me, Kevin, because you're probably, mm. you have an idea of this and this connection a lot better than I do just because of, uh, of Red Bull, I think, and stuff. Um, why 
are energy drinks so tied to gaming? It's like it's not like you really. I wouldn't say that not that you need them, but like I wouldn't say gaming is is so physically taxing that you need an energy drink to like perk yourself up and stay alive. Like kind of how with sports you have Gatorade and Powerade to allegedly like replenish the electrolytes and like refresh your body and rehydrate. Um, But then you've got like all these energy drinks like bang or whatever, or or Red Mm -hmm. Bull or and monster who are like, Hey gamers drink this shit. Yeah. I, I think it's just their marketing tactic. It's, it's like literally like a high like caffeine like sugar rush that like I guess helps people like I, I understand like helping you out with like focus. It's like the reason why people like drink coffee in the morning. It like it, it wakes you up in a way. Um so, but I don't think that like the energy drinks are necessary. Uh it just just sleep. Like you don't you don't need a game at three in the morning like I do. Don't be like me. Wake up at a normal hour and maybe maybe your gameplay will follow. Um, I, I know that's a that's a hard thing to ask, but <laughs> um, for me personally, like I I don't do energy drinks often. Um, I will do one right before I start a cast just to like jolt me. Um, that but makes sense, other than that, you're, like you're doing a cast. Yeah, it, it's like you you want to wake up and you want to have like some form of caffeine in your system, which I guess is kind of the target for the energy drinks. But like, I don't understand why it's like hyper ingrained in the culture. I, I just think yeah. that that's just a target audience that energy drinks are trying to hit. It's like how like the stereotype is like Mountain Dew and Doritos for gamers, you know, it's I think maybe it's just like it became well, what came first. Did the stereotype come first or did the like the marketing towards i think the stereotype came first because they're like oh basement dwellers two liter bottles plus chips right and then just like leaning into it because it already yeah and then i think i think doritos and and mountain dew were like the first two that were just like okay like we're just gonna associate that and uh now you can get both of them at taco bell so i think that they're just trying (laughs) to like work everything together now so we'll see how it goes (laughs) Okay, so the reason I bring this up is because apparently there was a uh, a 36-year-old man who's only identified as JS who uh who wanted to I guess impress his gaming friends. Um so he and I'm going to I'm just going to read this story from Lad Bible because it's really it's pretty short, but it's like it explains it better than I could by kind of off the cuff summarizing it. <clears throat> um he developed a love of gaming as an adult, which stemmed from his childhood in the 1980s where he had no friends to play them with. This prompted him to want to make up for lost time as the internet allows gamers to easily connect with fellow enthusiasts from all around the world. He also enjoyed impressing people at work as an adult too, and he decided to chug 12 energy drinks in 10 minutes to entertain his colleagues after they were offered as a free work perk. Okay, just think about that. 12 energy drinks in 10 minutes. That's more than That's one dead. He He's dead. <clears throat> JS reportedly felt unwell immediately and experienced a burning sensation in his stomach, which he tried oh, to distract shit. himself from by playing video games. 
That was when he noticed his, quote, heart fluttering. And this surprised him because he was a regular caffeine consumer and it typically didn't affect him much. My dude. That's too much. That's too much caffeine. 12 energy drinks compared to just drinking caffeine. Like, what are you just drinking normal coffee? And you think that that's comparable to 12 energy drinks? Like, I don't know if I've told you this before, Kevin, but like there, there was the I've, I've I've told you the one time I had at camp I had Red Bull and Monster, no Red Bull and Five Hour Energy mixed together. That sounds terrible. Oh, it was terrible. Like I didn't know what I was drinking until like someone told me like afterwards. I I'm an idiot and I was just brain dead and I drank it. It's like oh yeah, that was a Five Hour Energy and uh Red Bull. Enjoy. And I'm like oh god, I'm gonna die. And like I could feel my heart fluttering. I it didn't feel good. It felt really bad. And that was just two energy drinks. This is six times that. Yeah, he's he's gone. Well, a number of hours after downing the 12 drinks, he was finally sick. But this made him feel even worse, prompting him to finally seek medical intervention a day later. He was finally diagnosed with hyperglycemia, a condition caused by high blood sugar levels, and this pointed to a possible problem with his pancreas, as he never had diabetes. Doctors, however, speculated something else was wrong, and further tests saw him diagnosed with hyperlipocemia, which is caused by the presence of too much fat in the blood, implying that his pancreas was leaking, a.k.a. digesting itself. Okay, that's all good. However, the medical team decided to wait and see if the problem would resolve itself based on J.S.'s age and medical history. Spoiler alert, it didn't. Instead, his liver and kidneys began to shut down and he developed a blood infection, causing him to drift in and out of consciousness. Bizarrely, he hadn't told the medical team until then that he'd chugged 12 energy drinks up until this point. He should have opened with that. (laughs) I feel like that's relevant information for them to know. The report went on to explain that there was a possible connection between excess energy drink consumption and pancreatitis. It then advised the regular consumption of high amounts of caffeine as people are advised against the regular consumption of high amounts of caffeine as people will not know they have this problem until the pancreas starts digesting itself like JS's. JS somehow managed to survive the ordeal thanks to a combination of the right medical help and antibiotics. News of this gamer's plight came after a study finding that drinking too many energy drinks can cause sudden catastrophic heart attack. So yeah, (laughs) gamers are stupid. Yeah, just don't chug 12 Red Bulls in 10 minutes or whatever. Don't don't drink that much caffeine like and sugar specifically. That thing's going to kill you. There's other ways to get noticed and sponsored by these companies. There's also other ways to die. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, fair. That's true. I mean, I haven't haven't had an energy drink since I think maybe two, three years ago. Last time I went up to camp, I I had like four Red Bulls to get me through the week. I didn't even drink all of them. I only drank like three of them. So I, I, I... and even then, that was kind of like a lot. I could feel myself get very jittery. But yeah, like I, I could usually do like one or two for like a day, and then I have to like pace myself for the rest. 
because uh, I I don't want to I don't want to go crazy, you know. So mm-hmm. I I think that just a little bit is enough to like get me started. Anybody who drinks more than like three or four in a sitting is kind of kind of crazy. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, so moving into actual gaming things, hooray! Um, starting with Overwatch, of course. Um, people are not happy with the dev team and. On top of all the issues that we've had with Overwatch 2 so far with like people winning their seven um, competitive games and somehow going down in rank as opposed to going up in rank like they're supposed to, um, to characters not being balanced and having to be taken out to fix certain bugs. Like it's not been a good time for a lot of people, which is kind of a nightmare scenario for Blizzard because you really needed to get this right to keep your game alive. Um Recently, there was supposed to be another patch that came in that was supposed to um, do some nerfs to Zarya and to also bring Mei back in after a bug caused her to let teammates shoot through walls. Um, that did not go live. Um, the Apparently, there was some, like, according to community manager Craig, um, there were some critical issues that caused the delay, which really pissed people off um and it's funny because they released a new uh may skin or are they teasing a new epic may skin um you can't even play may at the at this point in time so it's kind of ridiculous and people are are not happy with that um the patch is supposed to go live tomorrow or thursday for us tomorrow um at 11 a.m pacific time so we'll see if it actually goes through. We'll see if we get May back. We'll see if Zarya gets nerfed. Um, no guarantees, especially knowing how Blizzard is right now, but whatever. Um, in other news, we got uh, a leaked look at Ramatra. I don't know where this comes from, but I've seen it in a lot of places. So I am going to just assume that it is correct. It looks like it should be accurate based on what we've seen. Um, so here's what we have so far. So, um, his default, I guess, attack is called void accelerator. And that's in his Omnic form left click. I don't, I'm just going to read it in PC terms because this is what I have left click fires a projectile that advances in a certain shape. What that means. I have no idea. What is a a certain shape? Hope it's a smiley face. Oh, that would be funny. I would like that. I approve of that. Right-click, create a barrier at the target location. That feels like Sigma. Some people are thinking that it's like it's going to be similar to Symmetra's shield or something. But it feels Sigma-y. Um, Vortex of Gluttony. Launch nanospheres. It explodes on contact with the ground, creating a damaging force field. Enemies within the force field influence are pulled to the ground. The movement speed of enemies under the influence of the force field is slowed, kind of like being under the influence of anything. Um, so his in his nemesis form, it's called Chastisement, transforms into nemesis for about eight seconds and uses the following skills. It is not disclosed how many seconds the form can be held. Left-click attacks with fists forward, generating a shockwave each time the fist is raised. Shockwaves penetrate enemies in front. Right-click reduces movement speed, but greatly reduces damage from the front. When in Nemesis form, gain 150 additional defense from 450 to 600. 
and his ultimate is destruction automatically switches to nemesis form creating an energy zone around it enemies within the energy zone take continuous damage the duration is maintained as long as you deal damage to enemies within the energy zone so like theoretically until you get a team kill or if enemies continue just trickling in you could based on this theoretically maintain that ult for like minutes Yeah, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how, how this actually plays out and if there is going to be, like, ways how people utilize this. It's like the same thing with, like, uh, like Farah Jump Pack. Like, a lot of people think, like, oh, well, that that's fine. It's short. It's just going to last for X amount. But then you realize, like, you could float for, like, quite a bit. Uh, or almost never touch the ground. So, yeah, I think that... Yeah, if you're enough in using, like, rooftops and, like have a good mercy pocket you could never touch the ground exactly so i i think that it's going to be kind of the same thing with ramatra it lets it you can utilize certain abilities to sustain yourself um and the good players are going to find a way how to use it and uh uh the rest of us are just gonna have to ask nicely how it's done another thing like i think we've talked about it before but it's also people are kind of upset at how Blizzard is rolling out Ramatra because it's going to be unlocked at level 55 if you're on like the basic battle pass. I don't know whether or not you get them automatically if you're in um, the premium battle pass or you still have to unlock him. Um, but at that point, it just becomes pay to win because if you can pay to like... Because you can pay to unlock levels in the battle pass with real money. So if your team like if you're competitive or whatever or just if if the tank on your team paid the money to unlock Ramatra immediately that puts everybody else at a disadvantage because one they don't know how to counter him or they don't know how to play him and they can't use him on their team so a lot of people are very upset at blizzard and how they're handling this i i don't think that heroes should be locked behind paywalls in the battle pass, I think it should just be cosmetic. Just make it cosmetic. Like, why should we have to wait to unlock this hero? Does um, do any other games do that? Like, make you unlock a hero through battle pass? Is that like something Valorant does at all, or is this Blizzard just being Blizzard? The, through a battle pass, that is that is a Blizzard exclusive for you. Um, but the, uh, but. There are like games that do put characters behind paywalls. Yeah. Um, Pokemon Unite, unfortunately, is one of them. Um, but so do like technically I mean, Valorant does cases, it too. You know that they're pay to win games though, at that point, though, right? Like Blizzard is ne- like Overwatch has never been pay to win up to this point. Yes. But other games like the ones that you know you have to like pay to unlock a character, like you know that that's what it is going into it. Yeah, it's like that, and also figuring out the timing of when you can get certain things done too. Um, in other words, like most of them you can just unlock by playing a lot and it, it shouldn't be that a character, at least for competitive should not be allowed to like be bought. Cause like, yeah, that's like, I was like realizing like, Oh, well if, if this character is beyond busted, 
we just buy this and we buy wins it it can happen and honestly like i i don't i'm not a fan of it so um i i wish that companies would be a little bit more like reserved in the way of how we unlock characters or at least make it fair in competitive games like this um but yeah it's just uh it's just a lot to take in I don't like it. Not one bit. Yeah, I'm not um, a fan of it either. What I do like is studio How do you pronounce it, Kevin? Is it it's Ghibli, right? Ghibli or Ghibli? Uh it's Is a, there is it, there a proper way cuz I've heard it so many I've heard it Ghibli, Ghibli, Ghibli. Uh I, I it's named after the plane. I know that I know that that's how it is. Okay. Well, it was just that studio I've I've always called it Ghibli. I've heard it's Ghibli. Yeah, it's fine. Studio Ghibli is has announced that they are partnering with Lucasfilm to create a um a, a, a crossover. I guess it's a, a stu- it's a film about Grogu. Um, it's called Gro Zen Grogu and the Dust Bunnies. It's going to be released on. Um. Oh, it's already out there. It's a. a yeah, it's released. It's called Zen, Grogu and the Dust Bunnies. It's on Disney Plus. It's streaming. I haven't it's watched just, it. It's just out? It's out. I thought it was I didn't know it was oh, released yet. It's out. I, it's there. I didn't know either. I thought I thought Ooh. it was like a work in progress because I saw That's the little I like I saw the the hint at it and I was like, okay. Like in my head, the first thing that was like, Oh, they're gonna do another Star Wars Visions and they're gonna bring in Studio Ghibli as like one of the guest studios, right? Like that just yeah, makes sense. That's what I thought. That's what I thought too, but like if they like made something and are like, okay, well it's out now. Like I did, I did not know that. Please, please let me know that. But I mean, like, out of all the things, I think Grogu definitely fits because like it's wholesome and heartwarming, just like a lot of not everything that Ghibli does, but a lot of what Ghibli does is wholesome and heartwarming. So I think Grogu is honestly the perfect vehicle for Star Wars to do that. That's recognizable and easy for them to capitalize on um i'm excited to watch this this is cool this is fun anime stuff yeah and i I, i'm excited to go ahead and check it out especially like if if it's on disney plus i might as well just sit down that we know it's it's already out there (laughs) yeah we got we gotta we gotta make our way through i gotta i gotta watch the chainsaw man episode first but afterwards I, i know i know what's on the agenda and then finally, um, this is kind of like we could you could probably talk more about this than I can, Kevin. But finally, Ash Kashim Satoshi is the very best like no one ever was. He's after what is it, 25 years, Kevin? He's now finally Pokemon. 25 champion. years. He he's been through all the leagues, taking L's, and now he's finally he's finally won it. And like all the fans knew that it was going to happen at, at this point. It had to happen eventually. Um, but the cool thing about this is, like, the the last, like, arc of, like, Ash Ketchum's, like, tournament um, is the Tournament of Champions. So, um, if, if people who people who don't know, like, this last, like, tournament that Ash is going through has the champions from every region. So it had like Cynthia, it had Leon, it had uh, N, it had 
Steven, like everybody from every region. This was like the big, the big turnout tournament. And it, it was cool because like, you know, Ash took an L by all of them. And so some of them were like, because he just brought a terrible team, but other times like you were, you were like, he was close. Like he had it, but, um, the, the matches themselves were really well done. Um, as a, as a Pokemon fan, I was just like, a lot of people are just like, oh, well, of course, like he's going to win it. But like, you've had moments where like Pokemon were literally on the wall. You don't know if they're going to be able to get through this fight. Um, like certain characters or certain Pokemon coming in clutch versus other characters. Um, and like being able to relive some of the fights. Um, and at least from like the game where like, you remember how scary, like for the first time you you're like, Oh, well the elite four and diamond and pearl is pretty, pretty chill. Right. And then you hear like, you hear Cynthia's theme and she opens up with like, you know, just like a, a, a standard like spiritual and you're like, uh oh, this thing has no weakness. What am I supposed to do? Like that that level of panic is <laughs> is very palpable. And when you watch it, you're like, Okay. You have that, you have like champions like Leon, who is probably one of the smarter like Pokemon trainers out there. They sh- it's just kind of ridiculous to to watch it. And I know, I know I'm like geeking out over Pokemon stuff, but I feel like one of the we coolest things. It's okay. One of the coolest things that happened is um when we were when when it was happening live in Japan, like when when the episode was airing, they aired it in Shibuya at Shibuya Crossing. So like everybody who was outside at that moment, like all the projector screens were like Ash's final battle. And like everybody who was like just outside happens to watch, you know, the the Pokemon champion take take the throne in that moment. And like a, a lot of people were like, "Oh, it's about time. It's like it's like a final journey thing." And I was like, "This was this was actually a really good series that I I would love to, you know, possibly deep dive into later." But I honestly liked the way how it played out. So I, what I'm seeing though is like some people are expecting now that since Ash has finally like become champion mm-hmm. in future ep- seasons of the show, it's not going to be him who's the lead. That like he'll that be is around, of course. A fact. But like, okay, so it's um, not going to be him. It's not going to be him. So there's actually um, for the next generation, they being you know Scarlet and Violet, um. And they're releasing it at the same time as like that's the reason why this battle happened now. Um, is giving people time to like recoup before they start uh the next bit of the Pokemon journey, right? Um but uh I'm gonna send you this photo. Um this goes over I, I forgot what the po- I think it's Pokemon Journeys, right? The um the one with Go in it as well. Uh the, the character Go. Um, let me, let me, I'll just slap it here if I can, is this, this one doesn't, this one doesn't take it. Okay. So I have to go Facebook. Okay. Um, so yeah, Ash grows older mm. and he becomes like the mentor of this new oh, there he generation. Um, which is, which is kind of cool because like, it, it's about time that, you know, they, 
he can he can relax a little bit. So he does actually age. He ages. He he does get older, and he's supposed to be like the the Pokemon coach of this series, which is going to be the next generation. So um, I'm I'm excited to see what happens here, and uh, and and see the new Pokemon as well. That that's something else that I have to keep in mind. Speaking of new Pokemon. Yeah, let's uh let's talk about oh jeez. Um <laughs> three, two, one. Um so yeah, let's go ahead and talk about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Um it does come out uh what whenever this should be out. Um the November 18th, 18th is the official, right? Is the official day that it's supposed to come out. So n- November 18th is the official release day. I know I'm gonna take my day to go ahead and, and stream. Um and yeah, we're gonna have quite quite a bit to talk about I, i'm excited to see not only the new pokemon um but also the new style of gameplay um it really borrowing from legends arceus as well so yeah uh a, a couple of things that i do want to mention is typing is uh version exclusives like a lot of people tend to determine which version they want depending on the exclusives um, I'm the good guy. I usually pick the the least popular one, so I could trade with people who have the popular version. Um, Scarlet has a has a game exclusive hot mommy professor. So yeah, and we we got weird weird dude with uh with with facial hair, but we we get the Becca calls him cryptocurrency professor. <laughs> okay, we got him, but we also have the the bike Pokemon that actually uses the wheels. So, um. That, that is gonna bother that, me the entire time I play. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I I got Violet. Uh, I know a lot of people got Scarlet, but um, let's go into the version exclusive. So if you guys are on the fence about Pokemon uh, Scarlet or Pokemon Violet, maybe this will possibly sway you in which direction you want to go. So um, I'm gonna start with Pokemon Scarlet and their evolutions that they have. Um, I'm not going to name off every single Pokemon in the evolution line. I will just name the final evolution. That way uh, we can save some time. Um, but the big one is Scarlet will be getting Tyranitar. Um, so the Titar line. Um, Stonejourner, which is the the Stonehenge Pokemon from the uh, from Gen 8. Um, Bronzong. You will get Oranguru. Um, then Skunktank. Hydreigon, uh, Armorogue, which is the uh, the fire armor Pokemon, Driftblim, and Dragalge. So those are going to be the Pokemon that are Scarlet exclusives. So once again, uh, Titar, Bronzong, Stunky, uh, Skunk Tank, um, Hydreigon, Driftblim, Dragalge. Um, and then the one-ofs are Oranguru, Sonjoner, and Armorogue. Um, so those are those are the exclusives for Scarlet. For Violet, we get the Salamance line. We get Ice Q. We get Poltegeist. Passimian, uh, which is the opposite of Oranguru, so it's the the ball uh, monkey one. We get uh, Swalot, Gulpin and Swalot. Okay, we get Dragapult, uh, Severledge, uh, Ms. Magius and Clauncher, which is the 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 shrimp with the, the pistol shrimp one 
So, yeah. Uh, type exclusives, a lot of ghost-type Pokemon really leaning towards Violet. Uh, not including, like, Several Edge, uh, Miss Magius. We have Dragapult and Poltegeist. Um, but, yeah, a lot of just, like, the typical, like, poison types. And uh, and a lot of the... A lot more variety in Scarlet um, is, is how I would describe it. But, once again, it does come down to, like, what what specific Pokemon you're looking for. Once again, it you got to catch them all. You got to trade with friends, uh, figure out what you guys want and need uh, in the game. So that's always going to be important. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm excited to see what the game has to offer and what we can get out of it. Looking at gameplay, though, it uh, something that I, I watched, I think one of the trailers, I think it was today. It was either today or yesterday. But one of the things that they emphasize is that you can have the Pokemon battle on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like a it's they call it go mode where you could just kind of like send the Pokemon out to fight on its own. Uh, and then if it would win the battle, it just it just gains the XP for the for the team. It, it's it's like the auto battle like function in other games. Yeah, but I hate it. This yeah, is exactly I'm... why I I refuse to play Xenoblade because it's you're not playing the game. The game's playing itself for you. Yeah, and I understand if you're trying to do it to grind like certain yeah, levels but... and stuff. But like at some point, you're gonna want to like figure out how the Pokemon works and operates, and uh, th- there will be probably more stuff to learn from it. So um, I hope that people don't utilize it too much uh, it's always about the actual gameplay and uh making sure that your pokemon are ready to go you know yeah um cool let's move on from uh pokemon scarlet and violet to pokemon unite for a second um we got sableye and sableye once again uh locked behind a paywall until the uh, next week so that's unfortunate, but uh, we have gotten a look at it, and uh, it's kind of kind of bonkers. Not gonna lie, um, the gimmick of Sableye is that it can go invisible, uh, but it does mark your opponents when you are within a certain range. Uh, the other thing is it has a move called Confuse Ray, and Confuse Ray is kind of kind of wonky. Not gonna lie. So essentially, Confuse Ray forces whatever move you're about to use to hit an ally. <laughs> so we people are saying like oh well it's fine like how bad can it be and then you see sableye like hit confuse ray on pokemon that are about to use like their super move and it just ko's three of their teammates and you're just like "Uh (laughs) uh-oh that's that's not how that's supposed to work um but people are like this is this is kind of ridiculous like it shouldn't shouldn't have that level of of pressure uh in a game and shouldn't be able to fight or like turn things around that quickly so i'm like okay that's a that is a good point maybe we shouldn't like do too much with it but uh definitely a pokemon that will be banned from tournaments for quite a bit until we like finally get everything available for all players but also just like understand how it operates you know yeah um gonna gonna be an interesting one for sure we will keep an eye out on that um all right, so let's go ahead and talk about my manga recommendation for this week. Uh, it is going to be Go Go Loser Ranger, which is done by the same guy who wrote Quintessential Quintuplets. 
And uh, this is definitely not a romance. Uh, this is a very interesting, uh, different take on what we think about the Sentai hero archetype. Um, but essentially, it, it goes over a superhero group that has um, essentially protected the world for the past 13 years from these monsters. Um, but in reality, the monster invasion has been over for 12 years and they are forced to be here and give a monster every Sunday um, or else they will die. Um, they are just being held here and not allowed to leave uh, just for the main entertainment of the masses. So it's rather unfortunate that that is the way how it goes, but uh, it's a very interesting story overall. Um, you you don't know who to root for here. It's either the alien invasion that has been enslaved and kind of just forced to create a monster every weekend uh, for the entertainment of the people, or do you root for, you know, the the rangers who are supposedly protecting us from these evil doers. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a fun little take. It's the same kind of style as like Kaiju number eight or your typical like power Rangers, uh, archetype, but, uh, it's a really interesting story. Would recommend. And, uh, the first book came out pr quite recently and we're supposed to get book two sometime in December. So, uh, relatively new series, really interesting read and, uh, would highly recommend, uh, for anybody who is into that kind of genre. Sounds like a very interesting take on the, uh, the Kaiju. Yeah. Genre. The Kaiju like power ranger genre where it's like, they have to create something bigger and better every week, uh, for the, for the entertainment of the people. And I'm like, Oh, that, that's on, that sucks. Like it's either that or death. So, <laughs> uh, gotta, gotta really take your pick here. Um, but that that's how go go loser ranger goes uh not gonna spoil too much go ahead read it it's it's a ride um going on for uh manga releases this week um we had quite a bit in terms of november 15th which is kind of the biggest day for manga um this one was witch hat 10 marshall 9 fire force 27 Beastars 21 and Zombie 100 Volume 8. Um, me personally, I did go to my local bookstore, picked up quite a bit, um, and made sure that I got what I wanted off of my own personal checklist. Um, I am a fan of Witch Hat, uh, Witch Hat Atelier. Um, so I got that one and Zombie 100. Both really fun series um, and things that I am looking forward to. Um, in terms of what's coming out next week, uh, things to keep in mind, we have Blade of the Immortal Omnibus number seven. Um, I'm pretty, I don't know if that's the Omnibus full one or if it's the hardbound book cover one. Um, both of them are done by Dark Horse. We'll see how it is, but I'm pretty sure the Omnibuses are done and it's a hardcover. Um, so Blade of the Immortal, um, is coming out with book seven. Uh, Beauty and the Feast book five is supposed to come out and also Tokyo Revengers Omnibus number three. Um, in other good news, Tokyo Revengers finally finished its manga run and uh, a lot of people have mixed feelings about it. A lot of people are finally glad that the uh, the pain is over considering that uh, the, the way how the author has been forced to kind of 
like right around in circles and it never like actually finishes for like two years. Uh, a lot of people were starting to lose their minds. Uh, but now the fact that it's over, maybe we'll get something new from the artist and uh, maybe we'll get a fresh story. So definitely things to keep in mind as we uh, as we look into it. But yeah, that's going to do it for uh, for manga releases and recs. Uh, if you guys have anything else that you want to ask, uh, feel free to contact either us on Twitter, I guess, or uh, I don't know, send a carrier pigeon. We'll we'll, we'll catch it. Um, and yeah, if, if you do want manga recommendations, feel free to also talk to me on Twitch whenever I'm live. Uh, I have my bookshelf behind me and I figured out how to take a camera with me. So it goes on the stream immediately. So um, if you guys are interested in a manga rec uh, live, feel free to contact me. Uh, I am Kanashi at um, I'm Kanashi GG on Twitch. So go ahead and find me there. Also, I think that the the contact us on Twitch need on Twitch Twitter needs a, uh, a a disclaimer that while t- Twitch is is still while Twitch is still not why do I keep saying Twitch why twi- while while Twitter is still alive and Elon hasn't burned it down to the ground. Anyway, it's that time of the week again. Kevin, what is your your life advice for us today? Uh, read books. <laughs> read read books and uh, get new business cards. I, I recently got new business cards and I'm hoping that it will get more stuff done. So... Yeah, the cool thing about it is like it it is a casting and like voice real one, so it has like a it has a QR code on one side, so I don't have to constantly update it. Hmm. So that's that's pretty nice. Uh, there are like hard printed stuff for like certain like avenues of contact, but other than that, just really nothing too crazy. Read books, or you'll end up like Elon Musk. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't even care if it's manga, guys. Just just read it. Anyway, thank you all for listening to us this week, and um, yeah, we'll we'll catch you next week, and oh, well, maybe next week. We'll we'll see. We'll, we'll see, see if if we're thinking about recording over Thanksgiving. It depends on what we're doing and and everything. But hopefully, you guys have a good week. And if we don't talk to you next week, hopefully, you have a good Thanksgiving if you celebrate such things. Um, Yay, turkey yeah. and sales. <laughs> turkey sales and standing in line to get Yay. trampled. The great American traditions. Um, thanks, guys, and we'll catch you next week. Maybe. I said I just went in a circle. Maybe catch you next week. Adios. Next week, we bring you the latest news and stories from around the internet. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, Please subscribe to us and rate us five stars on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also follow us on all social media at TwigPod, that's T-W-I-G-P-O-D. And feel free to send us any questions, comments, or any suggestions of topics you'd like us to cover. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week in Geek. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.